Take Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive with you on the go by using the TuneIn app on your phone. Just search for WCPT 820. One of my favorite pieces of video from the um, January 6th hearings was Josh Hawley. You know, there's that famous photo of when the people were there um, to hear Donald Trump speak and he walked by them. Of, of course, he walked by them safely on the other side of a barrier, but he raised his fist in solidarity until, of course, they attacked the Capitol. And then there's that famous video of him running for his life down one of the hallways, not looking to help anybody else, not worried about, you know, any anybody uh, uh, who was um, in the chambers or, or any of the um, Capitol Police. He is just hauling butt as fast as his little skinny legs will carry him. He's um, the senator from Missouri. Missouri is a very red state. It is very, it has been very hard for Democrats to make inroads into Missouri. But you cannot defeat a Republican if you don't have somebody in the race. Well, Josh Hawley is now going to be facing a competitor for the U.S. Senate seat in Missouri. Wesley Bell is running against him for that seat and joins us now. Wesley, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I, I, I appreciate the opportunity to to talk about, because you already got me excited with, with that lead in. <laughs> I got to say. <laughs> well, you know, Missouri is a tough state for Democrats, but you definitely aren't going to win a seat if you don't have a candidate. Why did you decide to run for Senate in this pretty red state? Uh, well, well, first and foremost, um, you know, I, I'm, I serve now as the St. Louis County Prosecutor or DA. I've served as the city councilman in Ferguson, um, and that was during 2015 when Ferguson was quote-unquote Ferguson. So I'm not afraid of a, of a tough fight. Uh, but also we can't just concede that our state is going to um, stay with the likes of people like Josh Hawley. I'm not willing to do that. Um, and so, uh, you know, we're in this race. I'm, I'm the uh, county prosecutor for the largest county in the state. And the pathway is there. The math is there. And it starts right through uh, my backyard in the St. Louis region where we have the, in these, in the past elections where we've had a presidential and senatorial race, St. Louis, the St. Louis region has been the, uh, the the pathway to winning those elections, and we've come up short. You know, statewide we've come up short in the last several years in Missouri, uh, but um, we're very confident with we're, we're very confident that we, we can change that and and flip this state in this election. We have run candidates in uh, races recently. I'm thinking Mandela Barnes in Wisconsin, Beto O'Rourke in Texas, who, you know, had a lot of name recognition, had a lot of uh, great organization behind them, and yet weren't able to close that gap. What have you learned 
from those races that you can bring to your race in Missouri? Well, I think just to be balanced with, with and keep some perspective here, uh, there's also things we can take away from um, Senator Ossoff and Senator uh, Reverend Warnoff um, in Georgia. So I think that and, and Georgia is a place that I don't think a lot of people thought that we would ever be able to flip um, and get Democrats in those seats. So I think that, yeah, we've, we've had some close runs that, we, that came up short, but then we've had some close ones that, that have went our way. And, but the, the common denominator is that we have to fight, and we can't just concede these seats. And when we look at the numbers, the numbers are there, and I'll give you the perfect example. The last time that there was a senatorial and a presidential uh, race, Democrats in Missouri lost that election by 74,000 votes. In the St. Louis region alone, there were 235,000 registered voters, overwhelmingly Democrat, who did not vote. And so the key is turnout, turnout, turnout right here in the St. Louis region, in the Kansas City region. Obviously, as much as we can uh, uh, get our, our brothers and sisters in the rural areas, if you will. Uh, but the, the pathway is there. And one thing that we've done in our elections We've been able to get those turnouts, those those, those record turnouts in our in, in our elections. So we got to scale that model up, but the votes are there. What did you do to boost turnout? Because this is something, you know. I talk to Democrats from all across the country, and I talk to activists and strategists, and they always bemoan the number of registered voters who register as Democrats and then don't then don't vote. So, what was your effective strategy to boost turnout? So when I ran um, for county prosecutor, again, this is the largest county in the state, we were running, running against a seven-term incumbent uh, who had been in office for 28 years. And uh, we knew that if we were just relying solely on, on your, uh, your, your, your typical voters, your, your high-frequency voters, you know, we knew that was going to be a tough pass. So we had to go after low-frequency voters and those low-frequent and those areas where Folks don't typically turn out, um, and, and, and campaigns typically don't want to do that because the, the, the uh, information is unreliable, the contact information, the addresses, because low-frequency voters tend to not keep, um, you know, keep uh, uh, updated information in our, in our data bank, so you don't get the same bang for your buck. But we knew that in order to win the race, we had to get those folks out, so we focused on canvassing in those areas, uh, mailers in those areas, phone banking in those areas, postcards in those areas to let those folks know that not only do we need them, but um, we were asking for their vote. And so we were able to get a record turnout um, um, in some of those, in many of those areas that are known for lower frequency uh, turnout. And, and that's what we're going to have to do. And we'll have to scale that model up again in, in, in this election. But that's what we're going to do. And one advantage we have this time is we know where a lot of those folks are now because we put the, the effort in to, to reach out to them and ask for their vote. And even then when I, my reelection last year, I didn't, I didn't have a Republican even file against me. And so we focused our efforts on registering voters and turnout for other voters, other, I'm sorry, other candidates, other democratic candidates. And so we have that database to lean on too. So, We've identified a lot of these folks, and we're going to go after them and let them know that we need them because that's how you're going to flip Missouri. 
Um, I wanted to you to tell the listeners about your background. I mean, I know that you're a prosecutor, but you've also been a public defender, which, as I was saying, kind of seems like the other side of the aisle. Yeah, and I think it gives it gives perspective on on you know particularly the criminal justice system when you have that perspective from both sides of 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 the of the aisle, if you will. I've also served as a city councilman. Um, so in addition to serving as a public defender and a prosecutor, also as a judge, um, I'm a former educator. I, uh, I headed the criminal justice department at a local college uh, uh, here in uh, in North Saint in the in St. Louis County. Um, and so I think that all I think that all is uh, giving me the perspective that I think will um, help me uh, do a good job for regular Missourians in in D.C. Um, and in Ferguson, it. You know, in order to bring community policing, in order to bring court reforms, if people followed that, we, you heard about debtors' prisons, and that's one of the things that we needed to reform and why I ran uh, for city council in Ferguson. Um, and that required working with people, working with um, uh, activists, working with community stakeholders, also working with law enforcement as well and doing it in a way that brought about real solutions and real change. And, and I think Washington, D.C. needs more of that, and that's exactly what I intend to bring as the next senator for Missouri. What did t- tell us about one of the changes that uh, came about that you're particularly proud of. You know, one thing is that what I've learned in my, in my experience is that uh, people have when people uh, people may have a feeling about their home, about their cities. You know, for example, when I was on the city council, people always complained about trash and potholes. <laughs> and when you fix, and then they would be they would be livid about that stuff. But as soon as you corrected it, they loved you. They were bringing you homemade cookies. <laughs> but when someone has a but when someone has a bad experience with law enforcement, it doesn't go away so so quickly. Mm-hmm. And so we have to reform and, and, and bring about that community policing model in Ferguson, a model that had our officers getting out of the cars, getting to know the people that they served and building those relationships. And I saw the, the change, the evolution from a department where a lot of folks didn't trust their police department to a, uh, a department where people had a lot of trust in, um, um, for, for their police department. And not only does that build that trust with citizens, but it also helps you do your job because a lot of people don't commit crimes around police, but people in the neighborhood and the community know what's going on, but they're not going to talk to you if, you, if they don't trust you. And, and we've seen that change in Ferguson and, and in St. Louis County and as a whole. And that's something that I'm proud of. We're talking to Wesley Bell, who's running for the U.S. Senate in Missouri. He will be going up against Josh Hawley. He of the fast jogging exit from the January 6th uh, insurrection. We are going to, in a minute, when we come back from a break, we're going to talk about what the issues are for the people of Missouri. We'll be back after this. There's no excuse to miss Joan Esposito. It's number one on my stereo. Live, local, and progressive. You can listen to her daily at WCPT820.com on your computer or phone. Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT820. This is Joan Esposito. Live, local, and progressive on WCPT820. 
And I'm joined by Wesley Bell, a name you're going to be hearing more of as we get closer to 2024. He is going to be running against Josh Hawley for the Senate in Missouri. He has been talking to people in the state of Missouri. And um, what are, Wesley, when you talk to these folks, when you travel around, what are the top issues? What are people concerned about? Um, you know, there's there's a lot of issues, and we've been getting around the state. And and as someone who's now been an elected official, um, and not only in Ferguson but also St. Louis County, you know, I've had the opportunity to talk to a lot of folks. And matter of fact, people can go on our website, Belfort Mo, Belfort, Missouri. They all go to the same place. Uh, but there's a couple issues that are that are important uh, to regular Missourians and regular Americans, for that matter. And starts with jobs and job job opportunities. There's so many correlations uh, between safer communities, lower crime rates, and just uh, just you know general happiness with your life when you're able to take care of your family, and and I think that that's important. Um, I've always been a big believer in uh, women's reproductive rights. Uh, I think it's uh, in a state like Missouri. Uh, I think it's a tragedy when when a woman becomes pregnant that her body essentially becomes property of the state. I think that's I think that's unacceptable, and um, and as the U.S. Senator and even in my role now, I'm going to continue to fight um, until we codify Roe versus Wade and make certain that women have the basic rights of health care and, and autonomy um, be, to be able to make health care decisions over their own body, which leads into health care, which I think uh, reproductive rights is a health care issue. I think it's important that um, that that folks have um, access to quality health care. And I'll say this because, you know, people question, well, like, politicians make these statements, but I want to be clear. I've never wavered, and you don't have to guess or speculate on where I stand. I joined with prosecutors around the country in signing a letter refusing to prosecute um, cases um, involving women's reproductive rights when Missouri's archaic trigger laws um, kicked in once Roe versus Wade was overturned, and so I, you know, I was I'm on record uh, refusing to prosecute those cases. As a matter of fact, there's a few versions of that letter because I asked to be at the top of of the uh, I, I asked to be the, the top signature on that on that letter letter because I wanted everyone to know where I stood, just like John Hancock with the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> um, and so that's that's an important issue for me, and then also. Um, you know, the safety of our, of our, not only our communities, but our young people. We need common sense gun safety laws. Uh, we have more, um, mass shootings than days in 2023. And, and I, I don't think that's a Democrat or Republican or with progressive issue. I think that we all can agree that we need to make certain that, um, our, our, our communities and our, our, our homes are safe, particularly our kids. And, and we've had a mass shooting shootings in uh, um, in St. Louis, um, and matter of fact, one of them was at a school here recently, um, and, I, and I think that's just an issue that we have to address, and we can't let politics come in between making our making sure that our kids are safe. Uh, I you know I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. Um, in much of the country, Josh Hawley is something of a joke. I mean, he's kind of come to stand for Republican hypocrisy and cowardice, not just because of that running man video, um, but he also just seems 
Um, he seems really quirky and odd, and yet the people of Missouri voted for him. There must be something about him that appeals to them. What would that be? Or, you know, I mean, because do that, do the people of Missouri understand that out the rest of the country looks at Josh Hawley, like the punchline to a joke? You know what, what I, what I, what I think is, and, and again, if you're asking me to tell you redeeming values of Senator Hawley, I'm just not the person to do it. <laughs> uh, but what I will tell you is that um, your record matters. And I think regular Missourians have now seen that record. Um, and by contrast, they've seen my record. Um, when, when, our, when it looked as though our country and our city was about to explode, I was one of those people that helped calm tensions between police and protesters. Um, so when I was faced with chaos, um, I looked at ways to try and work together to calm things. On January 6th, when Senator Hawley was faced with chaos, he inflamed them. He threw mm-hmm. bombs. And I think there's a clear difference between uh, myself and, and, and Senator Hawley. And I think Missourians see that. We've, I've talked to a lot of even moderate Republicans who are supporting me uh, that see that we can do better, that we deserve better. Um, and come November of next year, uh, on my actual 50th birthday, we're going to give them better. <laughs> well, uh, what, a, what a confluence. Um, you know, and one of the things that I talk about is in the next election cycle, there are, I mean, we have... We've we've got this abyss. It isn't just that Republicans and Democrats agree on the same goal and want to get to it in different ways. It's like it's like there's two different species of human beings anymore. And for the progressive, for the human centered agenda of the Democratic Party to really come into full flower, we need the presidency. We need the Senate. We need the Congress, and we need um, a, um, enough of a majority that we're not relying on unreliable people like Manchin and, and Kirsten Cinema. Talk about how winning your race can help Democrats nationwide. Yeah, actually, and, and I think you make a very, a very good point. Um, we have a slim majority in the Senate, and we lost the majority in the House. And, you know, the more seats that we win, particularly from a, from a, a state like Missouri that has gone red the last 10 years, but it's still there in play, uh, we also need to get closer to a filibuster majority, which we also need filibuster reform. I, I, I'm, I'm on the record as uh, supporting that. Uh, but I think that, I think that any, any uh, approach has to include a broad coalition. I think that when we look at, you know, we can't argue amongst Democrats, um, um, you know, big city Democrats, rural Democrats, progressive, moderate. We got to come together in order to flip this, flip this state. And so I think that it's important that, you know, we recognize that we got to we got to work together. Um, and, and when that, you know, in come November, we got to all come out and support the Democrat because too much is at stake. Our, We've seen the Supreme Court and how it's gone uh, ultra-conservative and, and, and politicized as a result of, of, of us losing the election in 2016. Um, and we got to make certain that that doesn't happen again. And so 
Uh, one thing that we've been able to do in, in, in St. Louis County is build a broad coalition of, of, of progressives, of moderates, even moderate Republicans, which is why we didn't even get a Republican uh, challenger in a 60-40 county, which is unprecedented. Uh, because, you know, we had done such a good job on the front end of getting our message out. And we want to, again, scale that model up and, and, uh, and do the same thing in this election. And, uh, and, and, you know, anyone who's looking to find out more information, I'm, I'm, you know, I'd ask them to go to our website, which is Bell for Mo, um, and find out more. You have, um, you have been elected. You're a Democrat. You come from a very red state. And yet you had enough of a reputation and enough standing that Republicans didn't put a candidate up against you. What's one thing that has made you successful that will make you successful at the Senate level? One quality, one policy, one program. I think I think uh, and and I'll kind of give you the, the the. a big picture, the big picture answer, then I'll make a quick uh, in the weeds answer, if you will. Sure. I think uh, transparency and fairness. Um, you know, as prosecutor, you got to make some tough calls. Uh, but instead of trying to hide behind uh, the, the uh, that criminal justice uh, curtain, if you will, when we have to make tough calls, we, we let people know why. I think it's important to know let, that people know what you're doing, but also the why behind what you're doing and explain it and, and people understand. And, and so what we've tried to do is, you know, when it comes to making tough calls with, with the, in, in the criminal justice uh, uh, field, if you will, when it comes to making uh, policies and, and rolling out policies, we explain the why behind those policies. So when we created, expanded our diversion programming for those struggling with mental health and struggling with substance abuse and opioid abuse, some people say, well, oh, you're just being soft on crime. No, we're, we're, we're pretty clear on, on serious and violent offenders. We are aggressively prosecuting those cases, and we have the data to show that we've increased the number of aggressive and violent cases we've prosecuted. But there's a whole bucket of people who are just struggling with mental health and, 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 and need and deserve a second chance. And we explained that, and we told them, what, and we let people know what we were doing. We let them know that of those people that we were able to help in our diversion programs, that we have close to a 90% success rate. When you compare that to our recidivism rates around the country, which get to 80%, which go in the opposite direction, um, I think people see that, hey, there's proof behind what you're saying, mm-hmm. and you got the data to back it up. And so I think that those things are important. So they know what they're getting from me, and they know what they're going to get from me as, as the next U.S. Senator. Is there a big split in Missouri between what rural voters care about and want and what urban voters care about and want? You know, I don't think it's as big as people think that it is. I think we all care about jobs and, and, and job opportunities and making certain that we can take care of our family. I think even our rural family, our rural family uh, uh, recognizes the importance of a woman having the right to make decisions over her own body. Um, I, think, I, I think as we see hospitals closing in rural areas, our rural uh, our rural constituents understand the need for affordable and accessible health care. And also, I think we all know that common sense gun safety laws are, are, are just too important. And, and, and let me say, this, as a gun owner, uh, 
we're not talking about taking guns away. I know that's the Republican narrative, but we understand that, you know, a large city like St. Louis and large cities around the country should be able to at least regulate, um, you know, the guns that are coming in and out of their communities. Um, and, and I think that, I think people, I think people recognize that. And, and, and again, uh, um, you know, if you have more questions, you know, please go to our website. I'll, I'll keep repeating it. Bell for Mo. Um, and we want to hear from people. And, and, I, and I think it's important to have, have that line of communication open, that community outreach. And that's one thing that we've been um, deliberate about as well. And I want to spell that out. Um, the website is B-E-L-L, the number four M-O dot com. Is that correct? Bell for Missouri. You can spell out F-O-R. You can do M-O. All of them go to our website. <laughs> so Bell for Mo is the easiest way, but they all go there. We have uh, probably about a minute left. What's one message that you want to convey to those listeners? We you know we our signal reaches Wisconsin, Indiana, Michigan, Illinois. What message do you want all of us to know about you and your campaign? You know, I think that um, we have enough bomb throwers. We have enough people that are looking to be Twitter famous. Um, and I'll say this, there's times when I'm going to take a stand. When it comes to women's reproductive rights, people know where I stand. I've written op-eds about it, and I'm going to talk about it. Uh, when it comes to access to quality health care, I'm going to talk about it. When it comes to gun sense, common sense gun safety laws, people know my stand. But there's a lot of opportunities where we can work together. And when we have those opportunities, I think it's important to have folks that are in D.C. that are willing to try and even work with people you disagree with on those, on those, on those issues that we can uh, uh, work on together. And that's what you're going to get out of me. And, and I'll just say this, flipping this seat in Missouri helps all of us. This is not just a Missouri issue. When we flip, when we flip Missouri and we're going to do it, uh, that's going to that, that's going to help us bring real and meaningful legislation that is going to impact not only everyday Missourians but everyday Americans in real meaningful ways. Um, and I think that that's important for people to understand that 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 this that this impacts all of us. Yeah, we're all in this together. Wesley, thank you so much. Wesley Bell running for Senate against Josh Hawley in Missouri. He's somebody that uh, we're going to be hearing from a lot in the coming weeks and months. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, and thanks for uh, giving us an opportunity to, to, to talk about our message. And, 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 and I know you do this a lot, and I appreciate you, Joan. Thank you. We're going to take a break for news. We're going to be back with Tom Hartman after this. Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive. The reason that I listen to you from the infamous other side, you will call a spade a spade, and if it's indefensible, you will not defend it. And you know what? I can respect that. A WCPT 820. 